All right, again, I appreciate everybody being here with us this morning. And if you're on Facebook, then certainly we want to welcome you to our service. But I can tell you that this may be a message that you're going to be like, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So uh, if that's the case, join us. We'd love to have you here in person and in our service. So we're going to do something just a little bit different as we get started. This is just going to be a little bit different of a flow of a message and a type of a message. So uh, as we, if you want to take your Bibles, you can turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. That's where we'll start. But before we begin, I'm going to ask some folks to come up. And as I ask you to come up, I'm not asking you to do anything. I promise you don't have to speak. You don't have to do one thing. But if I could have Becky and Junior and Debbie and Bill... And Sandy, if you all could all join me up here, you just have to come up and stand in the front just for a minute. You just have to come up front and stand for just a minute. <laughs> Kevin Thompson, if you can come up. What's the one thing that these folks have in common? Everybody here is like, I don't know. I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Lucas said they're pretty. Yeah. You're standing in front of Jason. You shall not lie in church. <laughs> All right. One thing that these folks have in common is uh, Jessica, where are you at? Is Jessica here? I knew I was forgetting one. <clears throat> one, fo one thing that these all have in common is this represents my work family. And if you consider the years and the opportunity to be together and see the different times that uh, throughout my career at uh, building products, Marley Moldings, uh, Westlake, Axial, all the things in between, these folks all hold a special place in my heart. And if you look back and you go back to the 21 years ago when we moved here, you know, I remember times going down into marketing, sitting in Becky's office when Junior and I were coaching T-ball. And there you had Logan and Katie Barr and Josh Barr and some of those uh, little folks. And now, look, they're graduating. It's hard to believe. You know, I can remember times with Debbie and Sandy going and Jessica and talking with them in their offices and Bill back in Tool and Die and Junior and Otis, what a rock he was for so many years being a preacher and just standing on his convictions. And Kevin and uh, Jacob and Hayden, you know, they all play a role at the plant. And then, uh, you know, our office administrative staff, which was Tracy and Sarah for a period of time, Jason in purchasing and Ben in logistics and Josh uh, in the computer room. But one thing that all these folks have in common is not only are they my work family, but we were all not too long ago seated where some of these high school and college graduates are. And we were looking at life and wondering, where's life going to take us? What journey is life going to put us on? Where will we end up? You know, and although we've taken different paths and we've been different ways, one thing I can say for sure is there's no better place for us to be this morning than right here in the Lord's house. Amen. What a testimony and an opportunity to be able to serve him. And what a great opportunity it is to have accountability throughout our work. You know, no matter what we do, we all have the responsibility to be accountable first to God but I praise the Lord that he sends Christian people to help keep us accountable from a work perspective. Now, for those of you who are recently graduating from high school and those of you who are graduating from college, the one point that I want to make is this. There is not one person up here that is any more or less important than the person standing next to them. 
Each individual have a role to play in the overall well-being and benefit of our company. So there's no one person that should be exalted over another person or anything else. We're all just simply Christians seeking to serve the Lord and do what he'd have us to do. So I am so very thankful for my work family, and I'm going to tie that into our message this morning so y'all can be seated. So this morning, I just want to bring you just a practical lesson. We're going to have six simple points, and the title of the message is Sharing Your Faith. Sharing Your Faith. As we look around and we recognize our responsibility before a holy God, it's that we're all ministers of the gospel of Christ. We're all called to share what the Lord has done for us, to share the good news of the gospel of Christ. And I'm going to give you some practical application this morning of how can I effectively be a minister for the Lord on the job? How can I effectively be a minister for Christ in my school? How can I effectively be a minister for Christ on a college campus? As we begin in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, through Sunday school, we've been studying a series, and we've called it Living Wisely in a Foolish World. So how is it that you live and walk wisely in this foolish world? And I think we could all agree that it is quite foolish, the world we live in. It's amazing to me the things that people will believe and hold on to, and yet they'll deny the truth of the Word of God. And as Solomon penned the words in Ecclesiastes, we understand that Solomon was one who had the opportunity to have and experience just about everything, whether it was wealth, whether it's possession, whether it was material things, whatever it was, Solomon had the opportunity to have experienced those things. Yet in everything that Solomon pursued, he made this connotation. He said, everything is vanity and vexation of the spirit. That is, it really doesn't matter for anything. So in this life, as graduates, you step out, as individuals for the ministry of Christ, we look at what our roles and responsibilities are. It goes far beyond what we're called to do from a professional standpoint. What we're all called to do is exactly what Solomon pens in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, beginning in verse 13. In that verse, he says this, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. It goes on to say in verse 14, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. We all have to recognize this morning but that we will give an account for everything that we do. Amen. We will give an account for the responsibility to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we pursue the different things of life, as these who are graduating from high school and graduating from college start to look ahead and think, what is it that I need to look for? What is it that I need to pursue? May I remind you of the words of one of the most, most wisest men to ever have lived. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty Amen. of man. Amen. To fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now, what is it we're called to do? As Christians, we're called to be a witness 
for the Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, it says this, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So we recognize that that is a commandment from the Lord. He says, I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to go and tell other people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet sometimes we put it into this category or this scenario. Let me read you something. It says, I have an acquaintance whose name is Alice. And Alice has been fired twice for witnessing at work. Well, that's how she explains it. Perhaps a better explanation may be that Alice's approach to evangelism is in your face. She embodies all negative stereotypes of our culture about evangel evangel evangelical Christians. She's judgmental of all things secular. She frequently refers to the Lord in any and all conversations. She gets so pumped up when talking about her faith that her behavior borders on bizarre. She completely and purposefully is out of touch with culture. She regularly asks co-workers and customers alike, what would happen to them if they got in a car accident while you're leaving the store? Would you go to heaven or would you burn in hell? Alice considers any attempt by a supervisor to get her to tone down her evangelism at work as persecution, spurring her on to be even more zealous. In a word, Alice is obnoxious. None of us want to be like Alice. So we hop on the pendulum and we take a ride all the way to the other side. Instead of going overboard with evangelism at work, our efforts to share our faith may be more subtle, and they may be so subtle that they're imperceptible. Or we may, be, we may be waiting for that right opportunity, that right relationship, that right line of conversation. The trouble comes when we've swung so far that we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we never do anything about it. So I want to give you six practical truths on how can I be an effective witness for Christ? How can I be an effective witness for Christ? The number one way to be an effective witness for Christ is to pray. So number one is to pray. As we pray, we ought to make it a habit as we drive to work and we consider work. Lord, help me to see this workplace as a mission field. You see, if we consider our workplace as a mission field, and as we had all those individuals standing up here just a moment ago, all working in different locations within our facility, some no longer with our facility, some having the opportunity to reach others beyond what the capability of one another would be. But the reality and the truth of the matter is this. We each have the responsibility and the opportunity to reach someone. Outside of our circle of influence, we may not have an impact, but we all have a circle of influence of someone we can reach for the gospel, someone that needs to know about the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we never ask, if we never pray, if we never consider our workplace as a mission field, how likely are we to share our faith? So the first thing we have to do is we have to be committed to pray. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20 says this. 
praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching therein too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me the utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in the bonds and therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 3 says this, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us the door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. How do we handle a situation at work? Just this past week, I had a situation come up, and it was a relatively stressful situation, stressed to the point where I had a big fever blister pop up, as often is the case. You lay down at night, and you try to sleep, and yet you can't sleep because you're stressed, you're fretting, you're worrying about something. You know what allowed me to settle in and just sleep? To recognize, you know what? I'm just going to pray about this. Now, how crazy is it that you'll lose a couple nights sleep when all you had to do was go to the Lord in the first place and pray about it? But as I prayed about that, and I put it in perspective, and you put the backdrop of the cross, when I stand before the Lord one day, he's not going to ask me about that situation. What he's going to look at is say, how'd you handle that situation? See, it pales in comparison to what Jesus has done for us. So we got to bring ourselves to a point in life where we're willing to pray. We're willing to just seek the Lord's guidance. The next thing we have to do, if we want to be an effective witness for Christ, is we have to be willing to listen. So the first thing is you got to pray. The second thing you got to do is you got to be willing to listen. James chapter 1, verse 19 says this, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You see, our problem is we're all problem solvers. So when someone comes to us and they have a problem and there's a situation, as they're speaking, what are we doing? We're figuring out how to fix it. We're going to tell you exactly what you need to do to fix it. I hear what you're saying, but if you do this, this, and this, it'll all be fixed. You know what? God didn't put us in the business of being fixers. God says, I want you to be in the business of being a good listener. Listen for those opportunities to share what God's done in your life. Listen for those opportunities to say, man, I hate it that you're going through that. Can I tell you I'm going to pray for you about that? And when you tell them you're going to pray for them about that, what should you do? You better pray. Even if that means you have to go to the restroom right then because you know you're going to forget and just pray, Lord, just help this individual in this situation, whatever the case may be. But utilize that as an opportunity to pray for them. One of the greatest compliments that can be given to you as a student or as an individual in the workforce is to have someone come up to you and say, will you pray for me? about this situation. That is one of the greatest compliments you'll ever receive. Why are they going to ask you to pray for them? It's because they've seen something real in your life. They've seen how you've demonstrated your character, and they know you have access to something that can help in their situation or their problem. There is no greater joy than to hear somebody say, will you pray for me about this situation? And will you just listen Listen to where people are at. You know, everybody's got a struggle. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got things that are going around. And sometimes people's action are not a reflection of who they truly are. It's a matter of all the circumstances that surround them. 
So we need to be a little more cautious about being judgmental before we have the opportunity to listen and then seek the Lord on what we should do in that situation. The third thing that we need to do in our Christian walk in order to be a witness for Christ is we need to let others see our witness and never shy away from being a witness. Let others see your witness and never shy away from being a witness. You need to refuse to hide or play down the importance of your faith. People ought to know where the Lord stands with you and what the Lord means to you. And I'm going to tell you something, and I know you guys all know this, but there's many a business trip when people say, hey, let's raise our glass for a toast. Woohoo! And I take my hearty glass of water and I'm right in there in the middle with them. And then people look and say, well, what? You don't drink? We got something against that? Well, no, I don't drink. Why don't you drink? Well, I just don't, you know, that's not something I do. I mean, I serve the Lord, and that's just not something I'm willing to, to do. Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> well, let it be awkward. Cheer with my glass of water. Amen. So Psalm 119, verse 46 says this, I will speak of the testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 8 it says be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner but be thou partaker of the affections of the gospel according to the power of God in Philippians chapter 2 verse 15 and 16 it says that ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom ye shine as lights in the world holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain neither labored in in vain. You are on your job for no other purpose than to be a witness for Christ. God has put you where he's placed you to be a witness for Christ. So above all else, that is your number one responsibility. Why is it we get in such a mess at work? Why is it we get so stressed out about everything at work? It's because we forget why we're there. We're there to be a witness for Christ. And if we'll simply seek to be a witness for him, all this other stuff's going to play out. All this other stuff's going to work out. Again, when you stand before God one day, he's not going to say, hey, I remember back in May of 2022, May 19th, when this situation come up. And I remember how you were stressed out over that. What he's going to say is, hey, when that situation came up, I remember how you sought my face. And you said, Lord, show me and remind me that I'm here to be a witness for you. You know what? The world we live in, the world that our young people are going into, let's just get real. It's not a nice place. People do not always play fair. And people do not have your best interest at heart. So why would you waste so much time and energy on people that don't have your back? Put your time and energy on the Lord who will never leave you nor forsake you. Make that your priority. Every action, every word, every situation is an opportunity for you to be a witness for Christ. Every action, every word, every situation 
is an opportunity for you to be a witness for Christ. The fourth thing you need to do is you need to use God's word in witnessing. You need to use God's word in witnessing. In John chapter 20 and verse 13, it says, or 31 rather, it says this, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Now listen, if we use God's word to be a witness for him, I don't mean you go all King James Version on somebody, okay? So if you're in the middle of a conversation, you can't say, thou should not or thou will be besettest in thine household as well. They're going to look at you and say, you are a freak, all right? <laughs> but what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is I need to say, look, in terms of the word of God, use it and let the power of his word speak to that heart. Use the power of his word to speak to that heart. You know, I know you're going through a difficult situation, but my Bible tells me that all things work together for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You know, I know it may be difficult sometimes and you need peace. The only peace I can find is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I made the promise that if we'll just ask, he will supply that peace for us. You know, you're in a situation where you have a need. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and power in Christ Jesus. Regardless of what situation, you know, I feel alone in this situation. You know, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, I found myself burdened and just, you know, under a lot of distress. The Lord promised me he'll never give me more than I can bear you know just think about how the Lord just can bring those things to your mind and use that and allow his word to be the power of what you need to do the fifth thing that we need to do is we need to strive for excellence and integrity strive for excellence and integrity in our work that means don't be a slacker people are looking to you particularly if you claim to be a Christian People are not looking to say, oh, I want to see all the great Christian attributes that they possess. They're looking to say, I want to see how many times they mess up so I can say, ha, they're just like me. That's what people are looking for. You see, we have the word integrity, and we have overused that word integrity. From just a definition standpoint, integrity is the quality of being honest, and having strong moral principles. From the idea of Christian integrity, Christian integrity is meaning that I claim to belong to Christ, and if I claim to belong to Christ, then how you see me live will reflect Christ. Christian integrity, I claim to belong to Christ, so how you see me live should reflect Christ. I'm not perfect, but hopefully you see Christian love through me and you see me living in a way that's according to his word to show his light with his help. That's what Christian integrity is. You know, that just nothing that drives me more insane to be around people and particularly from a business perspective. You start talking, hey, what do you enjoy doing in your free time. Well, you know what? We're really involved in our church and, you know, we help with the youth and do some different things. It's just a great opportunity and that's uh, where I like to spend a lot of my extra time. Really, I do the same thing. You know, we go to church on Sundays. Oh, that's great. That's great. And then you go to dinner and they open up their mouth and it's just, 
You have just quenched the Holy Spirit of God with that foul language that's coming out of your mouth. You have just quenched the Holy Spirit of God with those things that you're looking at, saying, doing. I mean, that's just insane. You have just quenched the Holy Spirit of God by that drink that you just asked to mix for a double so you can choke it down. I mean, it's crazy. And then we talk about Christian integrity. Christian integrity says, you know what? If I'm a Christian, my life ought to reflect Christ, period. We all ought to have a desire to live our life in a way that would show forth Christ. Let that be our witness. But listen to me. Do not mistake that. God doesn't call you just to be a witness in your action. God calls you to be a witness in your word. We can say that, well, you know, I might be the only Bible that someone ever reads, so I'm going to stand over here and be quiet and just do my thing. Well, that's great, but open up your Bible and read it to them, all right? They can't understand it until you're willing to open it up and share it and tell them about it. Our desire should be not only to be a witness in our walk, but be a witness in terms of our word and what we're willing to speak and what we're willing to do. The final characteristic, how do I be a strong witness for Christ? This is the most important characteristic. How do I be a strong witness for Christ? You let the Holy Spirit do the leading. You let the Holy Spirit do the leading. When you're unsure about whether or not to say something about your faith, all you've got to do is check with God. Amen. He's going to give you a nudge in the right direction, and he's going to give you the right words to say. In Mark chapter 13, verse 11, it says this, But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak, neither do you premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Let me just tell you this. When God gives you the opportunity to share your faith, it is not forced. When God gives you the opportunity to share your faith, it is not forced. But don't miss those windows of opportunity because you've never prayed about it and asked God to give you a window of opportunity. Don't miss those windows of opportunity because you're so far on the pendulum that says, well, I don't want to say anything. I'll just keep my mouth shut over here. Don't miss those windows of opportunity because you yourself are out of touch with God. We can never be an effective witness for Christ if we're not first serving the Lord. Amen. So you got to know for certain that you're saved and you have something to share. And secondly, you got to know for certain that my walk with the Lord is right, so he'll allow me to be a witness for him. You know what, if you look around at people and you say, well, I'm envious of this person or I'm envious of that person. They just seem to have the ability to share their faith. They're strong in that. I'm envious of their opportunity to do this. You know the only difference between what they're doing and what you're doing? The only difference between what they're doing and what you're doing is where's your commitment to the Lord? We can all serve the Lord just as much as we are willing to serve the Lord. Do you think the Lord is sitting back saying, well, I'm not going to let them serve as much as that one over there. I think I'll hold back on that. I'm not going to open up windows of opportunity for them to share their faith. I'm going to hold back on that. No, he is saying, I desire that everyone should come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The problem is this. I don't have enough Christians, brothers and sisters. I don't have enough that follow me who are willing to open up their mouth and tell somebody about me. God desires that we allow the Holy Spirit to first work in our life 
and then he'll lead us in what we're to do in someone else's life. God is not a God who will ever take us by the arm, twist it behind our back, and make us do anything. But he'll give each of us the opportunity to do what we need to do. You see, in our Christian witness, don't be an Alice. When you come across people, you don't have to say, well, when you leave out of here and you're out of my presence, if you get in a car wreck, you're going to heaven or hell. Is that person going to want to come back and talk to you again? <laughs> Probably not. But what we can do is we can be open and say, you know what? First and foremost, without having to say anything, I prayed, Lord, open up my eyes. Let my workplace be a mission field. Second thing we can do is we can say, I just want to be willing to listen. I want to sit back and listen for opportunities that the Lord would open up to show me to be a witness for him. And the third thing is to simply be a witness. Never shy away from being a witness for Christ. Never be ashamed to say, you know what, one of the greatest things we do with our past time is as a family, we serve the Lord in church together. As a family, we try to get plugged in and do everything we can for our church. Man, we had a great opportunity to go to the food pantry as a family. Hey, we have an opportunity to minister to the widows. Hey, we've got Bible school coming up. That's one of the greatest things we do as a family. You know, one thing we do is we try to ensure our children are raised and grown in church. Where are you from? I'm from Chilhowee, Virginia. Where is that? <laughs> well, if I tell you, you won't know. But I can tell you this. It is a great place to raise your kids because we have a great church there. And out of that church, man, it's amazing how the Lord has put just the right people in the right places to be there for our kids. Use his word. Allow the power of God's word to do the preaching for you. Have integrity. Be a person of integrity, Christian integrity. If you're sitting here this morning, it's because you have a desire to serve the Lord. At least I hope that's why you're here. I'm here on Sunday morning not to be seen, not because it's my obligation, but because I have a desire to grow closer to the Lord and serve the Lord. If you have a desire to grow closer to the Lord and serve the Lord, then everything you do and everything you say and your actions should reflect the Lord. That's Christian integrity. I serve Christ, therefore let my actions reflect Christ. And let the Holy Spirit of God lead you. So as we close out the message this morning and we think about these things, whether you're a high school graduate, whether you're still in school, whether you're a college graduate, or whether you're out in the workforce, we're all called to be a witness for Christ. We're all called above all else to hear the conclusion of the whole matter, and that's this. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. As we step out into this world, recognize this. It takes all of us to create what we have. There is not one position or one person that's any better than any other person. And as you seek to follow God, ask yourself, Lord, why have you got me where you've gotten me? Lord, why am I where I'm at today? And let him remind you it's because that's the mission field that I want to plant you in for this time, for this season, for this purpose. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man.
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to the time in the service to close the service this morning, Lord, I just pray that we would each reflect upon what we've heard. Lord, that we would examine ourselves and ask, have we truly desired to be a witness for Christ in all things? Lord, is it our desire to see that others see Jesus in us? Lord, so many times we take our faith and we hide it, Lord. So many times we think that our world just consists of our small bubble. And Lord, it's your desire that we would just be an ambassador for you in all aspects of our life. Lord, I just pray that if there be one here that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord, that they've never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit upon their life, Lord, that today would be the day that they would get that settled and they'd come forth to know you. Lord, I just thank you for our church, Lord. I thank you for the witness it is in this community, Lord. I thank you that year after year, Lord, we have an opportunity to be an influence on those that are graduating from high school, those that are graduating from college. And Lord, as we enter a world that would say there are no absolutes, I thank you for the foundation that we can provide them to say the truth of your word is the absolute. And Lord, I just pray that you'd watch over us now as we go our separate ways. Just bless our families, Lord, and just bring us back at that next appointed time. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we'll not have an invitation time this morning. Uh, And so with that, I'm going to ask you all to stand.